Hey everybody, it's Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. And you can download the Fern Creek Christian Church app on your phone today. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus, to be a disciple that makes more disciples. So without further ado, here's the message. Thanks for just being part of this day. Um, man, I, I, uh, I just feel God moving. Um, I, I have lately had some issues with my vision, with my eyes. Uh, when I drive at night and it's raining, uh, I get a halo effect from oncoming headlights or any, any, any light that reflects. And that annoyance is overshadowed by a greater struggle. My wife screaming, look out, you can't see Jack. You're going to kill me. Let me drive. <laughs> so, so I finally decided I needed to go to the eye doctor. And um, so I went last week and uh, the eye doctor came in. I, like a couple of days ago, like a Thursday or Friday, the eye doctor said, well, I got some bad news. She said, you got glaucoma. And I, I started laughing. And she said, what's so funny? And I said, I thought that's what you put on nacho chips. <laughs> and she says, that's guacamole, idiot. You got glaucoma. And so I, I don't know what that is. And she said, well, you know, here, you need some eye medicine, some eye drops. So that's fine, I'll, t I'll take the eye drops. And I was fine with that until I started reading the possible side effects. And here's what, here's what I read. Taking this medicine may cause chills, cough, fever, headache, lower back pain, runny nose. Trouble breathing, trouble hearing, loss of voice, bloody and painful urination from eye drops. <laughs> I thought, well, that, that's just great. The next time nature calls, I won't be able to breathe, hear, yell for help, but I'll feel the burn and I'll have to blow my nose. That's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your support. <laughs> you, you and I were born into a broken world. And part of that brokenness is, is disease, is illness. I mean, there's arthritis, asthma, chickenpox, cancer, measles, mumps, pneumonia, Parkinson's, rabies, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, tinnitus, typhoid. There's like 22,000 known illnesses, sicknesses, diseases. And when you think about it, from the moment we take our first breath, Sickness is there to welcome us. For many of us in this room, some disease, some sickness is going to take us out. So what I'm saying to you, from the, the, the moment you're born until the time you die, you and I will tango constantly with illness. And as advanced as we become, disease and sickness are just part of this fallen world. And it's into this world that Jesus stepped now, while Jesus did not come to eradicate sickness, he did come to show that even sickness bows before him. And with this in mind, I want 
to move in our study through the Gospel of Matthew to Matthew chapter 8. Now, Matthew chapter 8, you're like, well, Craig, wait a minute. Uh, you're skipping chapters 5, 6, and 7. Last week we were in Matthew chapter 4. This week we're in Matthew 8. Why are you skipping these three chapters? Well, for a couple of reasons. One, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is a section of Scripture known as the Sermon on the Mount. Some of the most life-changing teachings of Jesus are found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But, but I'm skipping that because to, to only do a week or two on those three chapters, it, it's, just, it, it's not right. We're going to come back to Matthew 5, 6, and 7 this summer. We're going to do 12 weeks. 12 weeks on the Sermon on the Mount. So I'm, I'm pausing, I'm skipping those three chapters because we're coming back this summer to dive deep. Second reason I'm skipping is I wanted the text this morning, Matthew chapter 8, I wanted this text to be the text that we navigate through for our brothers and sisters with cancer. Anybody going through this cancer journey? So if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 8, let's look at verse 1. So Jesus has just done the Sermon on the Mount. When he's coming down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, today we call leprosy Hansen's disease. It's named after the guy who discovered what it was and, and how it works. But leprosy still impacts people today. It's a relatively small number, but back in the day of Jesus, no disease was more feared. I mean, no disease was more uh, horrible than leprosy. Leprosy would start out as a rash somewhere on your body, and that rash would then spread internally, and it would get inside your body, and then it would spread to other parts of your body. It caused disfigurement. Your teeth would fall out. You lost control of your vocal cords. You'd go blind. Your nose would shrivel. You would lose the ability to feel. It would spread to the extremities, your fingers, your toes, your eyes, your nose. I mean, it, it was a horrible, slow, very painful uh, death. And, the, and not only was leprosy physically debilitating, it was emotionally crippling as well. Now, leprosy is contagious, but back in the day of Jesus, they thought it was way more contagious than what we know today. But if your rash turned into leprosy, they banished you. They quarantined you forever. Now, now what, what that means is man, you, you couldn't be around people. Uh, and if you have some time on your hands and you want to you lean into more of this, there's two chapters in the Old Testament that talk about what you did to someone who had leprosy. Look at Leviticus 13 and 14 today if you want more, but let me just give you a little bit. Look at Leviticus 13, 45. If someone was found to have leprosy, look what happened to them. The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes. Let his hair be unkept. Cover the lower part of his face. And you thought a mask mandate was something new. <laughs> no, you, you got to cover the lower part of his face. 
And he's got to cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Can you imagine? Can you comprehend what this disease brought? You had to quit your job. There's no more working for you. You couldn't live in your house. That means you could never hug your spouse. You could never kiss your children. I mean, the day you're diagnosed, they boot you out of town. There's no Monday night football, no girls night out. The only community you now know is other people with the same disease. You had to dress a certain way. You had to act a certain way. Anytime anyone got remotely close to you, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean. You had to name your disease publicly. I mean, can you imagine? Can, can you imagine having to do that today? Like, like leprosy was the only disease you had to publicly declare in front of people. Can you imagine if you had to, had to declare your illness today? Hay fever. <laughs> I got hay fever. My nose runs when they cut the grass. Hay fever. Nausea. Oh, nausea. My guts are all twisted inside. Unclean nausea. Glaucoma. <laughs> Glaucoma. When nature calls, I can't hear or feel anything, but I burn and I got to blow my nose. Glaucoma. It's just embarrassing, right? It's humiliating. You were labeled. You were cut off. Crushing disease. And even more crushing was this. Unless God directly intervened, you, you would die from it. Again, a cure wasn't discovered until 1981. So if you had this, unless God did a miracle in your life, you died from this disease. There was a guy in the Old Testament. A lot of people in the Old Testament got leprosy. But there's one guy named Naaman that we read about in the Old Testament. He was a pagan general loved by his country. He gets leprosy and he finds out through a Jewish servant that, that the God of the Jews is a God that could heal. And he's at the end of his rope. So he said, well, if your God can heal, sign me up. So Naaman got his king to write to Israel's king. And that king did just that. The king said, to Israel's king, I'm, I'm sending one of my favorite men to you. We hear that you can heal. Heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel got that, listen to what he said. Look at 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 7. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and he said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this king send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? So you, you see, again, unless God did a miracle... In your life, you are destined to die with this sickness. This is the guy that Jesus meets when he walks down the mountain. So come back with me. Let's read it again. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. This guy's unnamed, but, but man, I love him. Breaks all protocol. There's no unclean, unclean, and the people part. No, no, he, he makes a beeline to Jesus. He falls on his knees and he says, listen, you, if you're willing, you can make me clean. 
So this guy is sick physically. There's nothing wrong with his mental capacity. He understands that unless this guy heals him, he's going to die a painful death. Now, now this is a real man who had a real disease, but stop with me for a second. The parallel is this. You and I are the leper. You and I have leprosy. It's not on the outside of our bodies. It's on the inside. You and I don't go around, you know, yelling, leprosy, leprosy. The heart whispers, anger. Oh, he's an angry man. Lust, prejudice, hatred, addiction, greed, lies, pride, selfishness, arrogance, bitterness, gossip, rebellion. My heart declares unclean. I am a sin-sick man. And leprosy and sin were often tied together. Not that, not that leprosy was a punishment for sin. It was just a type, right? Like, like I've been infected. You, you've been infected with sin. It's been passed on from our forefathers and foremothers. Sin has contaminated us. Sin has separated us from God. Sin has numbed me to his holiness Sin has clouded my mind, hardened my heart. And just like leprosy, I can't do anything about it. I can't cleanse myself. I can't fix myself. And if my sin is not cleansed, I will not only die a horrible, painful death, I'll be separated from God forever. But there's a guy. There's a man. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus to fix this sin condition, to make me right, to make me clean. And the question is not, is he willing? The question is, are you willing to bow before him and ask? When you look at the leper, notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't demand He doesn't bargain. He doesn't try to manipulate. He doesn't explain to Jesus why he deserves a healing. He just falls to his knees and says, if you're willing, you can cleanse me. And and watch what Jesus does. Man, it's amazing. Look at verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest, offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And what I love, who is Jesus? Well, not only does he have the authority, the power over sickness, man, he he loves like no other. I mean, you understand how gross, Jesus touches him. Now, you understand how gross that is, right? Like, if this is me and this guy's coming towards me, I'm like, whoa, 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 there, Jim Bob. Hey, pick up your ear and go stand 10 feet over there, all right? Man, your breath, you need some Tic Tacs, man. What are you doing? Back up, back up. Stand over there. And if I'm Jesus, man, I get that guy about 10 feet away and I do something like this, alakazoo, alakazee, make his skin like a baby's, woo, right? And you kind of shazam him about 10 feet away. But that's not our Jesus, right? 
And Jesus touches him. He puts his, how long has it been since anybody has touched this guy? And, and, and what I want you to know is that the Jewish religious leaders would have looked at Jesus and said, how stupid. You've now become dirty. You've now become unclean. You are now infected. And what Jesus is saying is, uh-uh. I've got the power over sickness. He's not going to contaminate me. He's not going to infect me. I'm going to infect him. I'm going to make him clean. I've got the power over sickness. So, so listen to me. If you've ever thought you had to get your life all cleaned up before Jesus would ever touch you, if you've ever believed Jesus could never love me because of what I've said or what I've done, I'm too dirty, I'm too hurt, I'm too addicted, I'm too insecure, I'm too far gone. If you've ever been told you gotta look a certain way, talk a certain way, behave a certain way before Jesus could ever touch you, friend, meet this leper. Meet this guy who Jesus said, man, it doesn't matter to me what you look like. It doesn't matter to me what people say. Man, I'm gonna love you. I'm going to cleanse you inside and out. And then, man, Jesus not only cleanses him, man, he restores him. Jesus turns to him and says, you know, don't go tell anybody. Uh, it's not time for that yet, but, but you need to go to the priest, show them, show them, and then offer the sacrifice. To them. Now, what's, what's, what's that all about? Offer the sacrifice, show the priest. Well, back to those two chapters of Leviticus 13 and 14, the priest had to verify leprosy, whether you had it, whether God did a miracle. The priest had to be the, the vouchers, the verification. Remember, before 1981, no cure for leprosy. So, so you couldn't drink this potion, eat these 12 pine cones, put these eye drops in. Nothing was going to cure you unless it was a miracle of God. So, so, so there were occasions where God would do the miraculous where God would heal a leper, but it was the verification of the priest. The priest would be the one to be the vouchers. The priest would be the one to say yay or nay. Uh, so in Leviticus 14, one of the things that we're, we learn about the priest is, <laughs> it's kind of gross, but, but, but one of the duties of the priest was to examine sores. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I don't know if that was a class you had to take in seminary, doctrine of sores. I, I don't know. But if you were a priest, you, you, had to exam, you, you had to examine sores. I don't know how it worked. If they had a certain day of the week, like, you know, Scabby Saturday or Whitehead Wednesday. I don't know if, if they only had certain hours they did that. I don't know if it was like, that was like the newbie priest. You know, you had to be the one to, to do the sore inspection, but, but they would inspect sores. And so the priest would examine the thing and say, oh yeah, that's leprosy, you're gone. And the priest would be the only ones who would say, man, you don't have it anymore. You're cured. Now, remember, only a miracle of God could cure it. So do you understand what Jesus is doing? When he says, go show the priest. That dude goes running into the priest and they're like, well, Jim Bob, what are you doing here? He's like, look, look, what, wait a minute. Three years ago, you were full of this thing. We, we sent you out. You don't show me, show me. And he's showing them everything. They're checking him all out. And they understand God has, done a, God has done a miracle. What happened? And he tells the story. This guy I met came down the mountain. He touched me. He, he, he cleansed me. 
Do you understand? Jesus is God. This is another affirmation from the Old Testament that he is Messiah. He is God. And so the priest, man, inspects him and says, you're right. You are healed. Go home. Rejoin the community. Now, I, spent, I spent several hours thinking, thinking, what, what did that guy do when he got the green light? When he, when, he, when he was allowed to come back in, what do you think he did first? I'm picturing, man, he took off running to his house. Full sprint to his house. As he busts through the door, man, there is his wife and his children who he hadn't seen for years. And they, they, it's him. And he weeps and there's joy and there's dancing and he hugs his wife and he kisses his children and they're like going crazy. What happened? What? And he tells the story. And then somebody new comes in. What happened? And he tells the story. Then his parents come in. What happened? And he just keeps telling the story of this man who changed my life. This man who set me free. This man who made me clean. And friends, that's that's our story. That's, That's our story, right? That's the church. We're not a country club, man. We're a community of faith. We've been changed by Jesus. We are all former lepers, that Jesus has made clean. We're all sinners touched by the master's hand. We've all been set free from this incurable disease called sin. And friends, we all have a story to tell. I meet so many Christians who doubt their cleansing. I mean, so many men and women who, man, they get baptized and they give their life to Jesus and there's this instantaneous I'm free, I'm clean, I'm whole. But then as the weeks turn into months and the months turn into years, sometimes that negative tape begins to play in your head and you're like, maybe I'm not clean. Maybe I'm not forgiven. Maybe I'm not whole. I'm just here today to remind you what he cleans is clean. And friend, there are no second-class Christians. Man, we are a community of faith touched by the master's hand, set free from sin, cleansed and clean forever. That is our story. That is our story. Let, let, Let me pray for us. Hey, it's Matt Zola again. That was a powerful message we just heard. I pray that what we have learned today wouldn't just be stored in our minds, but would move into our hearts and help us to be conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus. And I pray that that message helped you become a better follower of Jesus and taught you how to love, live, and lead like Jesus. If you want to talk with somebody about something you just heard or you want prayer for something going on in your life, there's somebody on staff who would love to connect with you. Why don't you email us at office at ferncreekcc.org and we want to put a name to your face. We want to know your story and we want to connect with you in person if we can. Again, that's office at ferncreekcc.org. You know, one of the things we value at Fern Creek Christian Church is being a part of community. If you've been listening to our sermons online or you've been watching our services on YouTube or Facebook, why don't you come visit us in person one Sunday? We would love to get to know who you are, and we believe that we grow better as followers of Jesus in community and not in isolation. You know, God gives us community as a 
gift. We have services every Sunday morning, 845, 10, and 1115. And we hope that you'll feel welcomed enough to be able to join us and worship with us in person. Thanks for tuning in today. Grace, peace, bless others this week.